0: Unlock the full potential with your business with leadershipity. Our proven strategies have fueled growth for countless organizations. Ready to elevate your leadership and scale your success? Book your free 15-minute consultation now. Click the link in the show notes below and let's make your business soar. I just feel it's so important for people to go find someone that has done what they want to do. and. Entrepreneurs are the exact people who know how to run a business and operate that and will help guide you along this NIL journey.
1: Welcome to NIL for you. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, where we've created a platform to help athletes and other alumni network and connect within their alumni communities. And I'm so excited each week to do this show with my co-host, Trent Clark. How are you doing today, Trent? I'm doing great, Rob. So fired up to see you again, CEO of Alumni
0: Direct. And uh, always thrilled, Rob, to spend some time with you talking a little shop on NIL.
1: Absolutely. We got some great stories for people today. And as always, we kind of fill you in on some of the, uh, the things happening in the world of NIL. We always like to do the NIL for good, which is always a great section. And of course, one of my favorites is uh, Trends Tips. Thank you. I am always excited to get
0: on Trends Tips and talk to your shop today. And we're going to talk a little mentoring today. As most people know, I'm the CEO of uh, Aim for NIL Academy and Leadershipity. Do a lot of work with leadership development teams. And man, mentorship is just a, a subject that's near and dear to my heart. So, Super excited to talk about that as that was such a crucial element on my path to professional sports was the people that came alongside. And man, if you look back in our history, Rob, as athletes, we just have those coaches. We have those people who just poured into us and helped us. And this is no different. When we talk about the NIL world and we talk about people that are going to help us study film or whatever we're going to do that we don't have a lot of comfort on, we're learning new skills. Get a mentor so we're going to talk about that a little later that's great I'm looking forward to that so let's hit the headlines great super excited about this man let's talk because this is a reprieve Rob like <laughs> let's go back into we talked about a couple of weeks ago in a previous episode on the Utah Utes all getting a truck the entire football team which we thought was the coolest thing ever right like you know oh, absolutely uh, I mean come on you know I, I don't know who's stroking 78 or 82, seventy eight or eighty two seventy thousand dollar trucks man but like wow you know i want to play for the utah youths right now so like and now taking a little heat here comes a california attorney You're ready to throw some title nine at i'm gonna you know utah is gonna get sued for millions man it's just isn't fair so interesting thought love to get your take on this one yeah it's
1: you know setting a precedent i mean i think uh you know, when you start getting into the Title IX issues and, and there's been a lot of, uh, you know, movement in the positive, just more equality in, in uh, both uh, women's and men's sports. But, yeah, th- this one, uh, I don't know, I think the attorney's probably taking advantage of the situation a little bit. I mean, it's a it's an opportunity that came up for these football players, so kind of good for them. It did cost something, I think it was like six or seven million dollars. But it does bring up a point of just making sure that the opportunities are there as well. And, and I, I guess they're opening up a little bit of a can of worms there at Utah and probably other schools that are uh, trying to do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good, good stats in the article, right? 85 athletes. It's a six month lease. So, and insurance, which is very important kids out there, you get a car deal, you get insurance in the deal, please. And, uh, we've had a hard lesson in that in, in, uh, we've seen that in our firm, but 61,000 per vehicle, you know, I don't know where you feel on this, man. I mean, listen, I I want kids to have opportunity. And and in this space, by the way, the NIL space, I, I find this almost laughable that this is a Title IX issue because you and I both know female models, name, image, likeness, have made tons more money than male models their entire career. It's not close. So... You know, the next thing we'll have a New York attorney going, you know what? I don't, I don't think uh, Shape Magazine should be using females and you're going to have to pay my male model $19 million now to do Like, shut right. up. Like, yeah. I, I just do not think they understand the basic premise of economics. For whatever reason, Crimson Collective has selected the football players who are obviously a draw and have a monetary means of millions of dollars into the university through ticket sales to their huge stadium. And, you know, a $6 million gift in this thing, I I just don't see it. Right now, I think I'm fired up that Title IX should really be focused on the men playing the female sports. Like, get them the hell out of there, first of all, in my opinion, because I don't know how Title IX has fought so hard for female rights to have the best females go out there and compete and have their rights to education. And it, it has always had a very good initiative and a purpose in the right and i think that's so valued and somehow man i, I think some of these attorneys are losing their way and and yeah. people just
1: smell blood in the
0: water
1: uh, I, I agree i mean I, I think it always it's a it's a way to, to go at something and try to make an extra buck you, the one thing it's kind of surprising to hear is that it's utah with this big collective you think of, uh some of the other you know major programs out there the alabamas of the world the georgias and florida's and I'm surprised that you're seeing Utah here with the, with the uh, truck deal. So uh, let, let's go on the next one here. Hey, before I say that, I'll tell you,
0: like, I'd really like to know is Arthur Bryant and Bailey and Glasser, like, I don't know if this is a little PR play. I, and I am reluctant to even mention their name because it's embarrassing. But I do wonder if this is a, well, we could get our, uh, our, our law firm in the headlines because they know this is big temperamental stuff. It's a big story. You're exactly right. Like, they're a California attorney. But you don't have things right there at USC, UCLA, Stanford. We've highlighted how many deals out of those college programs. Tons of them. San Diego State. The list goes on. And this guy's got to go to Utah. Like, it feels like a headline grab. Arthur Bryant,
1: beat it. Would (laughs) you? There you go. All right. Trent's kicking him out. Beat it. Uh, So this next one, Axia Time. It's a watch, and they're getting into the NIL space uh, uh, with the collective. And it, kind of interesting story here is uh, John Canaris. He talks about a story back where Penn was playing Syracuse in the final four, and uh, Gary Gate is that the guy that uh, Gary Gate? Did, Gary Gate is uh, he did some kind of uh, Trent won't tell you. Okay, so I'm not a, a big lacrosse guy, but apparently he he took a shot from the other side of the net wasn't in. The, they end up winning, but ultimately the story goes is that they were given watches for winning the championship. But the one thing that he said is just the quality of the watch was not good. It was kind of crappy, he said. And so he didn't wear it with pride. I mean, it had their whole thing with the championship. So he set that as a mission. This happened back in 1988, as a mission to create a nicer watch to commemorate championships. And they've done that. So Axia Time has now created that. Uh, He actually got in now with the college licensing. They love the idea and they're using it for, uh, different types of championships. Yeah. This was this was near and dear to my heart
0: as I went to my thirty-fifth uh high school reunion this summer, Rob, uh, just to date me right here. <laughs> is that uh in 1988, I did graduate high school and I remember this game. Uh, you know, and, and not being a big lacrosse player, this hit major headlines. You know, this is right when a sports center type, you know, environment was just starting and you got a kid who flies in from behind the net outside the crease and does this kind of leaping move and tilts his stick down and, you know, brings a, a goal in the net, which is now, by the way, illegal. They, they've they ruled this out in lacrosse. This whole move that that Gary Gate made back in 1980 isn't even allowed anymore, right? But it's huge because he's an Ivy League kid. They were playing at Penn and they were playing Syracuse to the national semifinal. So huge game and they won by a goal, right? So you know, you think about it now, it's not allowed. I'm surprised someone, uh, is there an attorney that should call now, Syracuse attorney that says, we deserve a national championship? All right, all right,
1: all right. We got it. enough with the California attorney. Yeah, yeah, right? So yeah,
0: I, I love- to sit with him all day, folks. <laughs> yeah, I love I love with Axia. Like, I love them finding that angle because Ben on some really cool interviews, you know, when you're, and when you're in pro sports- you go on shows, and they say, "Hey, we'll interview you." And they're like, "Hey, thanks for interviewing," and they and they may hand you a gift. And I remember there's a watch company. I was in Cleveland, and Matt Williams had just done an interview, and he's walking in, and we were we were walking back to the clubhouse together, and he he'd been given this. I can't remember the name of the watch brand, but you know, it was a very high end watch a brand. Rolex. It wasn't a Rolex. I think okay. it was wine runner, wine, wine. I can't remember wine hour, wine hour. I can't, I don't know how to say it, but you know, very nice high end watch brand. Now the giveaway watch was not one of their highest quality. It was definitely their entry level watch, you know, and, and Williams handed to me, Matt, you know, nice guy. He's like, I got a watch, bro. You want my watch? And I, I still think I have this watch, right? Like, and so it's funny that they do this, but you do not get the the most quality. So, Axia sees this commemoration, and and we're really good, right? We have we have the rings for the world championship. You know, when you have a football team of eighty five players, right, and you win a national championship, or or you got a baseball or lacrosse team with twenty five thirty kids. I think even softball, right? Like they don't. I, I don't know if they do rings at the college level. It's nice to commemorate. I certainly know the uh Montana Silversmith group who does belt buckles for rodeo, which is so cool, right? That's a commemoration buckle, and they they're so good at that um so it's unique that people are creating this so hey man you you want it to be something that's high quality and will last and actually a season opportunity and angle to to create that value and a commemorative that you're gonna be proud to put on and wear and, and and show people that hey earned never given and I think it's a right great way to commemorate a championship. So hey, tip the cap to Axia. Such a cool uh, cool story. Absolutely. And let's dive in a little bit below here. We got a couple other things here that I wanted to jump into. You know, this is this is one that really threw me before we get into the athlete for good. <laughs> this question right here is bothersome to me. And I want to know what you think, Rob, because does Mississippi State have the NIL resources to attract a top head coach? I mean, are we serious? When did this become about football? Like, we're we're worried about whether we have name, image, likeness money. I mean, money's flowing all through the college programs. And man, I I, I read a great article about the cool tailgates, right? And I think it's uh, the Gamecocks, right, that have the trains. Do they have the train set up? Like, there's train cars that set up. This. I mean, it's it's some of the coolest tailgate stuff you have ever, right? Boats, you know, one one of the teams has boats and it's just like everyone ties up their vessel and it's the party on the river and it's just incredible, some of the cool tailgates. So, you know, as I look at this, there's money flowing all over, but at the end of the day, you're hiring a football coach at a fabulous university of Mississippi State University. I mean, it's an SEC school. This is an incredible university. Any, any parent would be proud to have their child go there, graduate. It's an excellent school. And now we're talking about whether we can get a top head SEC coach to come because we don't have enough NIL money. I mean, this is where I think things have gone off the rails, Rob. I don't know if this is actual a real story or is this just a headline of trash. What do you think?
1: You know, I, I think it's it's almost like recruiting athletes. I mean, so here, Mississippi State needs to recruit a coach. And so reading through a little bit is that, you know, the concern is, okay, well, if these other schools have larger dollars to give out to these collectives, is now Mississippi State going to potentially lose some of their top athletes? And yeah. so, you know, so there's the challenge there to keep your top athletes and still draw them. So now as a coach, you're looking at, okay, this is an SEC school but am I going to be hampered by the fact that I'm that there's not enough potentially money to go around to keep these athletes and get new ones? It, it's, it's sad. I mean, that's, uh, you're right. I mean, it, the big thing with NIL, I guess, you know, in some of the negatives, this definitely plays into that, that, you know, a coach or it, it's a shame that athletes have to like move them from school to school based on uh, dollars available to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then this probably last quote, you know, <laughs> A collective leader theorized, you probably have to make sure everyone gets a minimum of $1,000 a month guaranteed, would be the simplest and cleanest move. Strategically allows you to build off of that. Otherwise, you're not going to have enough to actually bargain in the portal for anyone legit. I think this is kind of coming back to that. Let's dive into this one, right? Because this is what's going to happen. They're all going to talk about this employee model, right? And here we go. Potential employee model because we have an issue with international athletes. They don't have working visas. They're athletes and they're on campus, but an international non-American citizen has to get a special working visa and they don't offer those to college age students. If you're a full-time student, you are not allowed to work. So that's a factor. Now, I may not be stating that exactly right. So any of you, you know, employment attorneys don't come on down on me, but like, I'm just telling you like, Currently, under the NIL structure, international athletes cannot collect on NIL structure in that country. Now, you and I both have highlighted a couple in the past where they have created values in their hometowns, their nonprofits, and they are turning revenue back home for that brand and doing things in their home country. And we've seen that. But now we're intensifying this debate over whether college athletes are employees. And so, this is gonna be crazy. And and here's here's the issue of, uh, for me. NIL is not paid by any college university. A collective is outside the university. That right. is not college-mandated money. So, you know, you can talk about employees all you want. But last time I looked, my employees have to be paid by me. In fact, Rob, if you guys over at Alumni Direct want to pay my employees, I'm actually pretty excited about that. That would be really great for me. And I don't see that happening. So you know, as we've all talked about these 1099 employees, and we know the IRS is pretty stringent on that. So I don't see this employee thing ever actually shaking out because I don't see them employed by the university at any point. They have a system of scholarship that has been around since the test of time that they are offered for playing the sport. And that that was approved how many years ago, right? right? And I think this is part of the challenge that is going on in this thing that it's just
1: getting silly. It's, it's getting silly. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how it all pans out. And, and this is something, too, I guess, with, from an international athlete perspective. So they can't share on NIL, and now they're talking about switching, switching gears here with this whole employee uh, type thing. So either way, the international athlete is, uh, is not getting uh, you know, rewards from the system here. And, and I would assume, though, that they still get scholarships, though, right? They just, they're just not partaking in NIL. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's the thing. Yep. They just cannot take part as uh earnings in the country because they do not have a work visa. They have a student visa. So here's this sports visa lawyer. This is what you know Senzia Mariova Mariova. Sorry about that if I'm killing your name, Senzia, But this is her challenge is that, hey, we, we need to make them employees. Then they could work and da-da-da-da-da. Then they're on a work visa. And that's going to get convoluted. Like all of a sudden, you're going to have some athletes that are employees and some aren't. I mean, that seems crazy. I really appreciate This is a great stat. We've got 20,000 plus international student athletes. Uh, that's only 570,000, right? right? So pretty fractional. This right. isn't... Obviously a majority, I don't want to limit that. This is absolutely the land of opportunity. And I've been on many uh, tennis teams and you'll see the tennis teams throughout uh, the nation are littered with international players because they've gone out, they've been tour players, they've been playing out a long time and they can come and have academic and athletic eligibility. So I think right now it's a trade-off. Like just decide, do you want to, not turn pro and come to a university and get your degree and study and give up some of these things. You know, tennis has a separate agreement anyway that they have a level of, I think, $10,000 in earnings that can take place from professional tournament. And how the international players have skirted that is they go back to their home country and make the money in the country during the summer on a tournament, and then it's earnings inside their country. So I don't think they're limited on earnings in their home country. They're just limited while they're in school at university. And so, and they would obviously be limited under pro level earnings, but the NIL earnings have nothing. And man, I've seen a lot of athletes that are a very big deal in their home country for coming to play basketball over here. So, you know, you've got the whole country watching streaming TV now, which is awesome because all these colleges have gotten so good at streaming this. So. Somewhere at four a.m. in the morning, you know, a bunch of people wake up early and watch their this young 20 year old and she's playing sports for this university and the and the country's lifting her up like she can sell shirts. She could do all sorts of stuff in her home country and have revenue streams there. She just needs some help managing that operation in the country. She just can't make money here.
1: So do they do they have NIL in other countries or just it's not? it doesn't exist?
0: Well, I mean, NIL is just a business, right? It's name, image, likeness. So right. she can sell goods. I mean, she can do right. all that stuff based yeah. on her image and be an ambassador in her home country and, sure. and be a spokesperson. And so if she's a spokesperson for a company, I right. believe she can do all of her programming and her recording when she's at home uh, right. during the summer or during the off-season. And then uh, they can pump that content out during her school year. But she didn't work. During that time, she did all the work at the right. at the time she was in country.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. All right, well let's let's hit NIL for good. Yeah, love this one. Take it away. Yeah, so this one was interesting. So Hoosiers for Good. So we we were uh, checking this one out. They have uh, seventy two, might be more, but they're showing seventy two athletes across all sports that are all involved with different organizations in the Indiana area. And I, I just think this is great. I mean, we we talk about NIL for good and. Uh, we talk about the Sports Philanthropy Network and some of the things that they're doing. And each episode, we'd like to bring this up and talk about uh, you know, some of the great things they're doing. But just, uh, you know, you see, just scrolling through the list of just, it's amazing, all these um, young athletes getting involved with different organizations. It just, it's continued. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the uh, of the show, just, you know, these kids doing stuff uh, for good. And, yeah, uh, and... It feels like every sport is represented. I don't, know oh, that. No I don't yeah. know what every
0: sport Indiana has, but I just see athletes from all sorts of different areas, yeah. and they're
1: all involved. And like, yeah. hats off to the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's talk about the guy from uh, Quorum.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love this nil for good, Roman Wilson. I mean, Michigan, you know, they they've really headlined because of Blake Quorum, because it's Thanksgiving again. Mm-hmm. And Blake Quorum is going to give away hundreds of turkeys to needy families again. And I think this is Blake's third year. I mean, just a cool story. But here's a guy also who takes a lead from a guy who's modeled this behavior. And he's a Bolitnikov award semifinalist. Roman Wilson, obviously great wide out, has ties to uh, Honolulu and Maui and, you know, attended high school in Maui. and. He wants to give back to the Maui Wildfire. so he partners with the Aloha United Way. And man, I mean, he's going to run through the end of the season and the college football playoffs with 50% of all proceeds for each item sold directed to the Aloha United Way. So, I mean, I just think that these kids are getting creative, they're getting smart, and man, when tragedy strikes, you want like the leaders of your community to come about. And it's funny because here I see all sorts of damaging reports of really poor leadership in Maui in regards to this effect. And here's a kid, I don't know how long is this, Eight thousand miles away at yeah, University of Michigan? Long who's yeah. like, I could step up and lead. And I mean, and he's twenty one, you know, like this is a kid. Like, I just think it's a great example that greatness comes at any age and from everywhere. And, you know, as a senior, I just think it's uh Really, really cool for a kid to step up.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're seeing a lot of these young athletes today are more cause driven, and like you said, it's so far away. For here's just you know this kid going to Michigan, uh, but being from there, so it's uh again kudos to these uh, these athletes giving out. And I I wonder if there's a percentage out there. I'm sure there is, but like how many athletes do get back And for good? That'd be interesting. I we'll want to kind of look that up and see if we can get a, a percentage of. Uh, yeah,
0: we may have to call athletes. over to our sports philanthropy network group. And see if they have that percentage. Uh, maybe we'll have Kayla on the show. Kayla probably has that data about how many kids are actually participating out there because these programs are far and wide. And now with a with a real heavy heart and a heavy lean toward nonprofit and chance to give back, I think it's
1: significant. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, let, let's talk about uh, Jordan Travis. So. Yep. For the Florida State football fans, this guy's a, a stud quarterback. He's one of the tops in the country. Unfortunately, he had a gruesome injury last, uh, this past weekend and you know, injuring his, uh, his left leg, and that basically ended his season. Now, Jordan's got a name for himself, and he's uh, done real well with NIL, and he has a, uh, some, I guess his apparel, it's, it's uh, finished for 13. So what he's doing is even though he's out now for the season, he is creating an 18-leave. Uh, which is for his teammate Tate Rodemaker, who's the backup quarterback, and all of the profits for this apparel are going to uh, to uh, Tate, which which is great. I mean, so here's Jordan giving back to his teammate, getting everybody behind on the team, getting fired up to keep going and and uh, you know push towards that national championship.
0: Yeah, fifth year kid, this is what leadership looks like, right, Rob? I mean, fifth year kid, Florida State, having an incredible year in the program. I mean, they are right in the hunt for uh, playoff status. And, yeah, I mean, everyone's in doubt. Can they make it now without Jordan? Because he's such a great player. And, obviously, Jordan is destined to probably play on Sundays. So, this is a, you know, what a a tough time for a kid to suffer this kind of injury. I mean, obviously, it's too close to the draft. He will not recover in time to be at the NFL Combine. I mean, he's going to have to, you know, Get in the NFL, resting on his previous performance, but yet in all this tragedy, not about him, man. He's stepping up for his team, and particularly Tate, who's this backup, you know, player who's got to come in, take all the snaps with the number one team, and hit hit the ground running. I mean, the whole organization and the team steps up, and I, I think this is also a great example that hey, teams are teams are built with eighty-five kids. You know, teams are built with. Twenty players. Tennis teams are built with eight kids. You know, swim teams are built like. Even though there's a lot of individual efforts in all these things, like the team matters, and they're going to rally around Tate. You see him already rallying both on and off the field for him, cheering for him. He's going to help do everything he can to get this kid ready for every game going the rest of the way and put themselves in the best position they can to win. It's a tough one for Tate. Like, you know, he doesn't have the same kind of experience, but. I just think this is what leadership looks like, and uh, proud of Jordan, and you know certainly passes the character test
1: for me. And hopefully
0: the NFL is taking note.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh, nothing but the best for Jordan and his recovery, and know, uh, yeah, let's let's see him get to the NFL. So uh, let, let's close it out. Uh, today. I, you know, I always joke around about my favorite part, but but Trent just has some great tips. He works very closely with uh, through his uh, his company Aim, and just working with these athletes and their families uh, and high school athletes. So. You brought up mentors and you're going to get into, but just a quick thing on my side. I mean, I always talk about that on, uh, I've got another uh, podcast, Athletes Entrepreneurs, on My Journey. And I talk to athletes about their transition out of sports, but a lot of it I think is important when they networking, and connecting, but starting at that young level and, you know, starting in high school and look at those coaches and your family, friends and, and their parents and all that. So, um, you know, talk about just the importance of mentoring uh, that, that you kind of touched on at the beginning of the show.
0: Yeah, for me, I think this is one of those things, again, that really rears its head for sports. And no matter what walk of life you're in, I think that you should find somebody who's done it before. And for these athletes, they're sharing all these things and there's so much press and headlines and what to believe and all these things. It's a bit frustrating to watch, but at the same time, obstacles and opportunities both. And if you're going into something that you don't have a full handle on, it's a great time to go get a mentor. And all these colleges are very good now about, hey, Rob, you're coming into our school as a new guy and really want you to meet this junior or senior, Brian or Bill or Ralph or Vecma. You know, like it doesn't matter. Like someone on the team, on the cross country team at at, uh, Delaware, is coming alongside you and saying, hey, I got to help these young guys along, get them accustomed to you, on board, you know, make them feel like a part of the team, answer some tough questions that I wish I'd have known when I was a freshman coming in here. Yeah. And that's just good mentorship. It's good stewardship. So it's no different in NAL. This is a lot of stuff coming at you. This is a business. And so go find yourself an entrepreneur, like someone who owns a business in town who you'd like as a mentor, who would meet with you every month there's like all sorts of benefits to this, right, Rob? Is if I grab an entrepreneur, I'm a member of the entrepreneur organization. So I would highly advise someone, go find if you're in a city that has a chapter, you have probably built in high quality, top 3% entrepreneurs in your town right there. And someone is probably of those people are supporters and at your university on every Saturday or every Friday night for games watching basketball, volleyball, swimming, football, like whatever. And so there are real opportunities to go meet with someone every month. Talk about opportunities that are there. What's the tax implications? How would I be marketing myself? How do I add value to a brand? All these things that they can be doing. And the benefit is that now, if you're in someone with an organization, they have a fellow 30 to... Two hundred members of also business owners somewhere close to this city because they're all members in that town. Who they may say, hey, listen, some of my friends might want to support you and have you do some nil work for them, and like, oh, oh, that's great. Like, that's probably not where I start on the first meeting to ask these folks this. But you take a person like uh, a Shannon who's here in the EO form, and she's got a network of hundreds of fellow business owners she's a business owner, is going through the trials and tribulations. And your small business of NIL is very easy compared to some of the challenges and nuances of a larger scale business with most of these have. So I just feel it's so important for people to go find someone that has done what they want to do. And Entrepreneurs are the exact people who know how to run a business and operate that and will help guide you along this NIL journey. Of course, get on our, get on our at the bottom. You see that aimfornil.podia.com. 25% off. Use the code NIL for you. Get on there and learn. Learn with your parents. Sit and watch and go over sections with your mentor. Say, I didn't understand this part. What what do they mean by? setting aside money for taxes? What do they mean by, I may not be eligible for financial aid anymore? Like, how does that work? So they can understand what is a write-off and what is non-taxable expense. So those are all things that are great learning for these kids. And this is why I love NIL. Like We didn't have the opportunity to learn this stuff when I was in college in sports. I learned it after the fact. Or, you know, really, I started learning in college because I had a side business And I started doing tennis lessons. So having a business running tennis lessons gave me an opportunity to learn some of these things. And I wasn't in the College of Business. I was in the College of Education. But that just added to my well-roundedness to create more opportunity and and be a, a more impact player for the organization that would hire me after college. So why wouldn't we do that? I don't know. It's definitely something I recommend you know, this is what you go for is education. And it's and it's coming from all over. It's not just coming from your college classes. It's coming from your coaches. It's coming from the resources. It's coming from the athletic department. It's coming from the boosters. Education is everywhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, well, that's another great tip from Trent. And, uh, you know, we want to thank everybody for, uh, for watching or listening to us uh, on this episode of NIL for you. And we're going to continue to have the, the great episodes. We're looking at getting some good guests on. Uh, covering some uh, areas of wealth management, dealing with collectives, all these uh, attorneys, so different things. So definitely make sure you tune in. Trent, says always, it's been great uh, hosting this with you.
0: Always a pleasure, Rob. Another great show.
1: Absolutely. Everybody have a great day.